You met her. Oh, please, Mum. She served me, but she doesn't know who I am. I need some cash, Mum. You know I'll help you if you help yourself. How can you say nothing's changed? My whole life has changed. You got exactly what you wanted. Does she know that you're my son? Where does he get the money to get drunk, Mum? This is part of me. I'm half Indian. You've got no idea what he's been through. We've all been through stuff, Mum. My family's only ever been Mum and me. Till I found you. Promise. No more lies. This is the end to Z of film. With Andy and Rajiv. Hello and welcome to the Interzed Season 4, Wonder Wahine. This is Episode 7 and today we're discussing Apron Strings. Uh, I'm your co-host Rajiv. And I'm your other host, Andy. And today in the studio, actually at Linda, in her house, we have the wonderful Linda Chanwire Earl from Radio NZ. She's the producer of the Voices podcast and a playwright and poet yes. in her own mind. Thank you. Hi, it's lovely to be here in my home office. <laughs> That's how we do this, though. We don't have. We're, we're not. We're not like other podcasts that actually have a studio. It's just Rajiv walking around the streets of Wellington with a laptop. Awesome. It's like, do you want to talk to me about movies? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, All right, if, Andrew, we were so both, if we were both in the same country, maybe it would make sense to have a studio. But well, we're not. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, oh look, what better way? This is the way you get to meet people, isn't it? When you go to hey, their yeah. homes and we're fast, you know, we're loose, hanging out. We're, yep. you know, we can zip and zag and dodge, <laughs> yeah. duck, dip and dive. That's right. Or something. All right. Know. So, Andrew, what's what's the film? What's the film? What are we doing? So, the film uh, we're discussing today is Apron Strings. It's a 2008 film uh, from director Sima Urali. Uh, it, according to IMDb, it is about celebrity chef Anita who hasn't seen her family for 20 years. That is until her son Michael decides to do some soul-searching and track down his aunt. Which is a really poor description of the film. <laughs> it's, it's one aspect of the film. <laughs> it's one aspect, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a whole other family in that film, isn't there? Goodness yeah, me. and it's not even a really good description of that family, <laughs> I think. But, you know, it's about two families, basically, and cooking and motherhood. Yeah, I like I like the New Zealand um, Film Commission description. Food and love and two mothers debut feature by Seema. Parallel story of two families set in Otahuhu, South Auckland, filmed on location in Auckland, October November two thousand and seven. Uh, and sometimes letting go is the best embrace. I thought that was the nicest kind of description of the film. Really, well, it's it's, a good, it's nice, but it's very uh, loose, metaphorical. That <laughs> <laughs> description gives me no idea what the film is yeah, actually yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from the fact there's two mothers <laughs> yeah, and there's yeah. apron strings involved. It's nice though. It's yeah, nice. Yeah. It's pretty. But yeah, the first the debut film was Seema. So I don't know whether Andrew remembers. Hopefully you do. When we were at film school, and I think before. There was a thing where I saw a lot of New Zealand short films on TV4 back in the day, before it was C4, and one of them was Otamaiti, which is mm. Sima's oh, first short. Because yeah. um, Sima actually really beautiful. started as an actress, and then mm. she wanted to... Um, I wrote down here, she was interviewed, and she said she wanted to make films to appeal to a broader and browner audience. And the first film she made was this, this beautiful film about... Uh, Children. children and tragedy. And tragedy, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and all shot in black and white, and um, just beautiful and heartbreaking. Yeah, beautiful film. Um, did you Short see that? Film. You remember the Andrew? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it had a big impact on me, maybe not on me. <laughs> 
<laughs> long time ago. I mean, it was it was one of those films where I was because me and Andy it's were stupid. making films in high school and stuff. And I think it was mm. one of those films because I was a little bit of a dick where I was like, well, it's just this is a very super serious thing, you know. And I was like, I want to make entertaining films. And every yeah. every New Zealand film I saw seemed to be like, uh, something bad happens, maybe a kid dies, and then the film ends. And I was like, it's another, it's another one of those, you know. That's yeah. But but I mean, looking mm-hmm. back at it, it's it is. It's, I mean, it's great. I mean, Seema said she made it in black and white to get away from the often sort of kitsch, horrible portrayals of Samoan and Pacifica people in, mm. in media, which is always like bright and colourful and funny yeah. and happy and yeah. smiling Samoan. So. No, this was anything but that. No. Yeah. And yeah, I think the black and white really, really made that so much more, um, e- emphasised that, 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 that um, tragedy in it. And the children, oh my God, it was beautifully shot too, but the children were just amazing. And this... You know, the, the, the contrast between that uh, and Apron Strings is extraordinary because Apron Strings is really sumptuous with colour. Mm. Having said that, I, I the listener review talks about the two different colour. So colour can be the visual equivalent of spice and there's a great deal of both in New Zealand director mm. Simarali's first feature-length film. Um, but... This this uh, writer David Larson is saying that there's the the big distinction is between the Pakeha family, mm. the um, mother, um, which is all sort of sparse and a bit white and and and, and um, yeah, kind of uh, less um, and and with the really warm colours, the red tones and everything of the uh, uh, with a lot of <laughs> sumptuous food with the Indian family so that's that's kind I thought of interesting it, in my that seems like a weird re- reading because in my mm. view the Pakeha family had like a lot of old-fashioned sort of kitschy flowery yeah, wallpaper so, yeah. and stuff the white starkness was definitely in um Layla's house you know yes. like the, the the rich celebrity Anita Anita, Anita sorry her, the, the, the actress name is Layla sorry yeah Layla Ruas <laughs> who is also just incidentally um uh, the world voted the world's sixth um, most beautiful woman, I think, at some point in two thousand. I like the way that you've, you've gone into that. Debate. I didn't. I mean, I, th- I did think she was pretty, but I was like, oh wow, interesting. Six well, beautiful woman. Yeah, in the world. something like that. Yep. Um, better, better. <laughs> don't quote me on that. We'll double check that anyway. Or sixty seventh, one of the two. Um, Listed number five by UK magazine. Ah, Easter go. High, number one five. of Asia's sexiest women. Thank you, Andy. I got it wrong on both counts. There you go. What what magazine was that, Andrew? Eastern Eye. It's a UK magazine. Okay. There we go. So number five. Thanks, IMDb Trivia. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, man, I've really not done my homework on this film. These guys know about the ranking of our beautiful elite actresses. (laughs) Does it also say, Andy, was it 67th and somewhere else? I know, it's great, isn't it? That was the only one I saw, so... Maybe. She is she is gorgeous though. She is gorgeous. She's oh yes, she was also beautiful. 69th sexiest woman oh, 69. in the was... world by FHM. Oh, for FHM, a <laughs> reputable magazine if ever there was one. <laughs> Just don't count on me to do stats ever, okay? <laughs> oh, I think oh, she was also knighted by the King of Morocco. Yes, now I wow. think that's really interesting. That's what I also skimmed over this morning too. There I did not know that. I mean, she's like a Mor- of Moroccan and Indian descent. Yeah. But oh, okay. Anyway, but back, back to the film. Back to the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I mean, the first, the opening shots we go like if we go chronologically is just like. So beautiful, like Rio yeah. Rio Ri- 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 is the, opening, the DP, oh, and it's all yeah. these close ups on faces and close ups on um food, like food and carnation and food. And, yeah, and like it, that interesting it's, yeah, um, beautiful, change beautiful. from yes. the Indian food being to made the cake um, on the TV, yeah, to the cake, yes. and <laughs> the sound of the icing being put onto the cake was a little bit yeah. 
Is it too much? Is it almost sexual? Do, do you think it was sexual? I don't know. I don't no, I, I don't pick up on that. I, would, I thought it was quite sexual, actually. Yeah, well, they're there. The noises. Do that again, Andy. That's really no. quite sexual, that sound. Let's do it again. I don't, no, he's not going to do it again. Mm. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, didn't, um, I didn't pick up on that. Like but that? Am I, like, kind of yeah, like that? It was just a bit of like, I don't know. It seemed a bit incongruous. <laughs> I didn't, I really didn't pick up on that, but I did pick up on the like the stark contrast between the sort yeah. of almost antiseptic cake making space and the beautiful sumptuousness of this arguably very fake yeah. TV studio kitchen. Um, but what I did like was they don't make them black and white together. I was like, this is a little bit pointed, but pretty freaking funny. Like, it know, is. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the groom and bride oh. on the cake. Yeah, they don't. That was, that was very funny. That, the first opening kind of, yeah, sorry, they don't make them black and white. Yeah, I love that. And this very disappointed bride-to-be going, well, that I'll take the doves. I'll take the doves. They don't make them in black and white. I could dip the bride in chocolate. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's great. Great, great, great opening to the film, which is very funny. I mean, it brings in, it brings into to focus Jennifer um, Ludlum. Ludlum, who I think oh. is doing great work in this yeah. movie. Jennifer I Ludlum. think that the, the performances are iffy in a lot of places, but Jennifer mm. Ludlum is great. I mean, later on she has that scene in the hospital where she's just yes. crying, and I was oh, just like, I it know. made me real sad, even yeah. though I'm like, you're a horrible yeah. dinosaur that needs to change, but I felt very sad. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, for me, Jennifer Ludlam, um, Scott Wills um, great was great too. Yeah. So, you know, and but also Gary Young. You know, I just want to say I'm a huge Gary Young fan. The, 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 <laughs> the Vietnamese Chinese baker. Vietnamese baker. I just, I love Gary Young and I don't think he's been utilised in film enough. He is such a... Well, he's an Asian guy, brooding, so that's always going to happen, oh, isn't it? But bloody, <laughs> but for God's sakes, let's get him on to, into film some more. He is... Just amazing to watch. He's so intense. Well, you've jumped ahead, and I wanted to ask. No, it's good. (laughs) I I mean, I I had questions about Barry. I mean, he is a good actor, Gary Young, but I did think there were some weird choices. Like, why was he so intense? Why was he so heavy breathing? Like, when he comes to the house and confronts them, I'm like, okay, I get it. He really wants to buy the house. He wants to buy the bakery, and he's been owed seven thousand dollars. But why is he so like, <sighs> and like looking at the ground like some sort of wild animal? I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting choice, but I'm not entirely sure if it works in this context. But. <laughs> now that you put it like that, well, I think he was just really pissed off because he had lost all that money, and because sure, um, I get you that. know um, <laughs> Scott Will's character Barry, the gambling addicted, ga- gambling and hopeless um, son of 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 Lorna Jennifer's um, character. He was pissed off. Um, Gary's character um, was pissed off because he'd lost so much money. Sure, sure. But the, within that scene, he was also like, "I lent it to him <laughs> as a friend," and I was like, "Are you? You got their friends? Like, yeah. one, I don't believe their friendship. Maybe at one yeah. point they're friends, and 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 Scott Wall's character became an asshole, yeah. gambling at it because of the the death of his father, whatever. Yeah. But then there's also like. Do you often lend out seven thousand dollars as a Vietnamese yeah. baker at Auckland? Do you yeah. have that kind of money just throw away mm. to your mates? I don't. So you it was didn't weird quite to me. believe that. You felt seems that strange was, to me. Um, and then there was also the scene where once he, when Scott Wills is beaten up, like punched in the face, and then sort of beats himself up in the bar, <laughs> he comes home to mum and she's all like, "What happened?" He's like, "Who do you think?" Like I wouldn't make the leap to like, "Oh, your Vietnamese baker friend beat you up." Like I wouldn't make that leap. <laughs> Like I wouldn't, because he's going. Who do you think? As if it's really obvious. I'd be like, I don't know. You seem like a drunk idiot. You could have gotten yeah. a fight with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. like, is it a commentary on like all Vietnamese bakers are really part of some sort of underground mafia gang? Or oh, very scary <laughs> dudes. But I do still love Gary Young's <laughs> yeah. brooding. I don't know. I yeah. think I, mean, I think him being intense in that 
scene when he comes to the house is like, yeah, he's pissed off with his supposed friend who lost all of, lost all of his money, but I think he's also struggling with betraying him to his mum and also confronting yes. her because yeah. he wants to buy I, her. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really bakery. wants to buy the property. But yeah, do you believe at any point they were friends? Like, it's, even when he was, like, in the bakery, and the, it's a great, he's a great scene where he's, he's unloading all those baguettes. He's really good in that scene, but I'm like, mm. you have such disdain for him. Like, there's mm. no kernel of friendship there, I feel. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Do you Ma- believe anyone would be friends with Barry? Yeah, Barry. God, I really feel like really... maybe, what was, what was he like before? Yeah. Before he became, before his dad committed suicide? Yeah. Like, well, so this is, we're going to talk about his character. I think even if his dad was still alive and happy and healthy this character would still be the same person yeah. you think so yeah yeah i think so too i agree why, why do you ever mm. think because that? that's um, he's just that type of person there are just yeah and people i think like that. the nice contrast yeah the nice contrast was his sister so you had this she, she was the four so these two the, these siblings couldn't be more different so here she was about to be a solo mum um, about to pop out a baby and be a solo mum, but she was sort of really um, matter-of-fact and staunch about it, whereas about her it. brother was totally needy, mm. depending on his mother to give him handouts every bloody day, So and, and just uh, really, really spoiled. So I wonder, the backstory there was that um, Joan, sorry, Jennifer Ludlam's character, Lorna, um, was far too, spoiled her son, and didn't spoil her daughter. So her daughter grew up resilient and probably resentful. <laughs> mm. um, and then, you know, ended up uh, running off with a... I love that scene when she pops out the black baby. <laughs> and, I, 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 and the mother, the, Lorna, the, Jennifer's character, Lorna, was just... Uh, I why just, do you do this why to did you, me? Yeah, why do you do this to me? That was perfect. It was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote down black baby exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> black baby, very very beautiful black baby. Yeah, very my wife cuddly. said that too. Very, wow. very pretty black baby. Yeah. I mean, the, my thing about Scott, like, it's my only real criticism. I quite enjoy the movie, but my thing was like, you know, there's a thing where like, oh, you don't know what happened, and there's sort of a weird hinting at something, like his dad committed suicide after he was kicked I know, out. That but like, was really what did? Hard. But what did Scott do? Like, there was like, oh, you know, you know, you wouldn't have like he starts saying the sentence like, you wouldn't have survived without me, and it's not really finished, and then. Kate Harcourt, National Treasure, says that's not fair. So I really, I really felt like it was ambiguous. I guess on purpose to make yeah. us think about it. But I was like, what happened? Yeah, this, was too Scott, ambiguous. Was Scott something? Yes. But was Scott something before that? that yeah. We he had to end up looking after his mum. Was something? Yes. So for I agree, I agree because actually that backstory was not clear enough for me. And so because I had all these question marks, exactly that. I was like, well, what? So his dad committed suicide, but how did he save his, and what, you know, and and because I'm left with these questions while the film is still, um, you know, enjoying sumptuous close-ups and long, long, long sumptuous close-ups on people and stuff um, and food, um, I'm going, well, what, what, hang on a minute. So his trajectory, his character's trajectory, what what was the pivotal thing that could explain where he was at? Oh, and something that my partner said, because I saw it with my partner, he said that, um, and he's a white dude, my partner, so he said all the characters had some sort of redemption, particularly all the coloured characters. 
Scott, characters Scott, of color, I mean, except for Barry. Barry, Barry doesn't, doesn't really have any, no. have any redemption at the end. I mean, the two things you've just said are, are the things that stick out to me, and I think mainly often on this podcast, I've discussed how I am quite, I guess, classical cinema trained, like you know the forties and stuff of, of American Hollywood system. Is sort of my favorite era of cinema, so I'm always looking for three act. And you know, Barry hit his lowest point. Everyone yeah. hit their lowest point, and I was like, sweet, that's the end of the second act. We're going to have a third act structure. And, and then the we'll finish. redemption the and film, hope. But the film finished. Yes. It stopped at that point. And that's point. exactly what my partner said. He said, hang on, wait, wait it's finished? <laughs> yeah, Where's yeah, the third yeah. act? He said saying exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Seema is obviously, no from reading interviews there, does not give a shit about that stuff. No, which I actually admire. <laughs> yeah. I admire that because, uh, because we discussed this, um, my partner and I, because it's like, well, actually, Barry needed the redemption the most, but he didn't get it. And the film finished before you could see that he was left he in a jail it. cell. Perhaps he needed to be in a jail cell. Well, he did definitely need to be in a jail cell because he was just a completely but out of control. Per, but that, maybe that's what Seema is after. It's, like the, it's like the ending of um, Smash Palace, where yes. it sort of ends on a... You know, quite a grim note. But you're like, well, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like we, you know, like it's like what else? What else can happen? Like the story, yeah. and that story, like the family's been torn asunder. Like Barry is at his lowest point. Yes. The lo- I mean, I, I guess he could kill himself. Yeah, he but, could. But but yeah. his sister quite emphatically said he's not his dad. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it is open. Sorry, Andrew. We've sort of hogged the conversation here. We have. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Andy. Totally Barry fine. Barry did not get his so Barry didn't get his redemption so it was left open ended and I do like that well then we carried on the conversation um, my partner Rob and I and it was like well Rob was saying it's actually really gritty in real life and that's what happens so he said this is a film I've just watched a film about ordinary suburban families having really real ordinary arguments about mm. ordinary issues in life, well, the issues that affect everybody in life, like, you know, gambling addictions and, you know, um, yeah, solo parenting and shaming the family, you know. So the, this, all of this stuff is stuff that we can all, rela- you know, we can relate to at some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he said, well, actually, it's a film that's about real life stuff. Yeah, which can be a little bit disappointing if you're like me and you want it to be free act and have a good time and leave. But, you know, that being said, once again, it's one of those films where I'm critical, but actually I really enjoyed the movie. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. Right. No. You want to say something now? <laughs> uh, if you can get a word guys go at it, honest. <laughs> Pop in every now and, with a, and then with a... Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. No, uh, just on that point of um, the, it basically being about just regular families... Mm. It actually really, I found it a big struggle to get into the film because uh-huh. you're not a racist of, old white person. Uh, yeah, totally. Just <laughs> like, why isn't everyone white? I mean, what's going on? No, yeah. no, I was like, you're not. You're not a racist old white not. person. That was your, oh. your your white people are like racist people, except for Scott Wills, but he's a complete screw up. So yeah. you've oh, got no you've got no entry point. Yeah. No, it was because watching it at first, it was basically a film about characters all being jerks to one another. Mm. Except you know? for Michael, the lovely boy, Nathan, well, played by Nathan Whitaker, the Indian. Except he was also boy. kind of being a jerk because he was lying, to, lying his auntie. to his auntie. What, wait, what, did, what did Tara do that was jerkish at the start? Well, she was, she was fine. She wasn't a jerk okay. until he came out to her yes. and then, then she, she was, was a, jerk. a jerk to him. I was like, sure, sure, sure. It. But at the start, you were surely she was your intro character. You could get into her. She seemed nice, didn't she? Yeah, she Tara did. Was fine. But then everyone uh, else was a jerk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I get that. And like, no one is can hurt you like family can and all that. Mm. But 
I did find it a little bit difficult to get into these characters. And I think there was a moment in the film where I sort of, I think when they were talking about what happened with Scott Wills' character, his dad, and I also found it interesting that him and his sister, I don't think they ever actually had a scene together, which was strange. Hmm. True. But I think when they were talking about him, and I was like, oh, right, these two families have both had this thing happen in the past that has ruptured them. It's the dad getting kicked out of the house and then committing suicide, and it's the Uh, eldest sister coming home unwed and pregnant and and then her husband shaming and then unwed, sorry, and and then that man who was Michael's father dying as well. So he, as far as I can tell, that that doesn't affect anyone except for her. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it seems like they took off to London and then he very quickly died. Yes, if his son was two, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the being jerks to one another kind of starts mm. to make a little bit more sense but it was a bit tough to, to start off with for me. I mean the the Indian thing as speaking as an Indian myself is real, it's quite relatable in the sense that I understand it, like it's not where my family's at, thank goodness, but it's like if you have a, an elder sister or any sort of, I guess any sort of family member that comes home and where it sort of ruins it ruins the lineage, so you, mm. there is a, a certain level of shame there if you're if you do have a very conservative family, so there is a a line of like uh, Leela's character being quite what's the word uh, quite um you know Leela Patel so she, too, she's Auntie Tara yeah her character Auntie Tara oh no the other one sorry oh. um, Anita? Anita sorry Leila Rose um, um, her character being quite you know not, not not really very cognitive of other people's feelings in that she she did what no, she had yeah, to they all, but, they but all sort a... of felt a bit selfish as well which well, I mean is also true to I life. mean within within the realms of of the Indian family dynamic I really think Tara at the time her feelings are justified. justified. Yeah, I but agree. But that yeah, being said, family, as as the end of the film tells us, is is the most important. So Correct. So when they got to get that, the, <laughs> so it was actually really satisfying when the two sisters did reunite, mm, and mm. and and the, and Michael. I actually I did have that sense of satisfaction that this this Indian family had um, got past everything that was painful, and these two sisters, and um, and that Tara also was going to accept well she accepted in the end that her nephew Michael was gay mm. and so that was that was really satisfying I guess and in some ways the, the only thing I found with Anita the character Anita Lila R- R- how do I pronounce that Ruas? it's not an Indian Ruas? name so I don't know Ruas. anyway <laughs> Ruas or Lila gorgeous most you know fifth most beautiful woman in the world um, she I, I keep thinking okay so she traveled overseas and she ended up with this this man, and she ended up having a baby. She ended up being a solo mum uh, from, you know, bringing up a kid from two years on. And then she became really, really uh, famous chef or, you know... Um, and New Zealand could, television. Yeah, could do the, all of that without any family support and without any... Wow, she must have been able to afford a nanny or something at least to who was looking after the kids sorry because being as a, as a, as a solo parent single parent these are little practical things i do ask i, I think we i feel that within the realms of the movie we are shown that she is just amazing at everything <laughs> right like, <laughs> which i just went mm, okay yeah because <laughs> she's really pretty she's right very so, pretty. That's, so that's so she, that's, the, she's... that's the shorthand <laughs> right so if you really she must pretty... have, yeah she must have had some help though because she says like she's worked in the top restaurants and 
London in and France. London and that's, France. Those, you just, those she those just had the baby. Hours, she just had the baby on her back. Hours. So weird. Yeah, she strapped the baby on her back. Because every single other solo, exactly, every single other solo parent I know, solo mother or father, but particularly solo mother, will it would have to strap the baby on the back. Okay, so I'm going to blow you guys' minds in a moment. So perhaps. So two theories. <laughs> Perhaps, well, one theory. Perhaps David was actually with her in London this whole time. And that's he's a Kiwi that lived over there. Ah, and she, she was with him that whole time after, so after, after the original the, guy died. Yeah, and then he helped out. But there is, paid for the nanny. He paid for the that's nanny. That's true. If we were to get into the nitty-gritty of the backstory, that's, that's yeah, where we go. Yeah, okay. But I'll believe I, that. But there's something that I thought about this morning, which is a totally weird, stupid idea. But I'm, like, I'm going to put it forward because why not? So David... Played by Peter Elliott in a wonderful goatee that is just ridiculous. I know, it's cute. It was very cute goatee. It was very cute. Um, it was sweet. Awful. Never, <laughs> never interacts with Michael. No. Right? Even when Michael comes he into the kitchen either. and like drinks a glass of water, he never talks to Michael. He says to his wife, like, oh, you know, he's young and everything's black and white. I reckon David is a ghost. I reckon David is the actual dad. And he's not actually there. <laughs> No one interacts with David except for Anita. And when he leaves and she's calling and he's not answering, he's not there. He's dead. That number doesn't exist. That's my theory. Wow. I've just had my mind blown. I'm seeing the film in an entirely new light right now. Seriously. Maybe he's, maybe. She needed to talk to the ghost of David to like come to terms with it. And he left and that was a catalyst. But that's, that was her finally like accepting and grieving and moving on. Because he doesn't come back into the film. He at never all. comes he back. She she calls him and he doesn't answer and that's it. Yeah. So that was I just that was something I thought of this morning, because <laughs> I was like because we would because like Michael's dad is never named. I was like why don't no. they ever name him? They're like oh yeah my dad died blah 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 and I was like is it David? Oh. David's the dad. <laughs> like, sorry. Anyway. Wow. A wild, and that might also explain why she's so angry with. Him. Although no, she there is that scene where they're in the bedroom together. Peter Elliot's character, um, David, um, and and, um, and the mo- the fifth most beautiful woman in the world, um, Layla, Anita, um, and they, she turns and lashes out at him, and then he leaves um, because she says you. He don't says know. you are sad like a woman that is justifying decisions she made when she was twenty. I reckon that's a subconscious talking to her. And she says, you don't know, you weren't there. You, how could you, was that what she says? And how, um, she also says, She says, I you don't know what it's, like to be, what it's like to be, um, um, you know, banished from your family. I don't think yeah. she says you weren't there. I could be wrong what about that. What she say? Andy, your opinion. <laughs> is he a ghost or this is, is he real? This is a weird point. We don't really talk about this. <laughs> it's a stupid theory. <laughs> I don't think we we need to check in with the director. Was was he? But I mean, really it's alive? like I think <laughs> my initial reaction was no, that's stupid. Stupid, <laughs> stop being stupid. But <laughs> well, you said that. He doesn't Andy, interact with anyway. anyone. No. You could very well, I guess, make the point. <laughs> if I was writing an essay at film in a three hundred level film course, I would make yeah. that point. Yeah, I <laughs> at least I, I actually was expecting. That's true. I was expecting one scene or even just a moment, a beat where David and Michael did interact, mm. and there was a perfect chance for them to do that when. Uh, she came out and said, where have you been? I can lend you my car. And, you know, David could have followed her out 
and, and sort of looked over her shoulder or something, mm-hmm. you know, just been there to sort of... He does know. just stay in the bedroom. Like, there's he a couple of scenes where, where Anita will go and interact with her son and then we cut to David, like, shaking his head or smiling or something. But he's always in the bedroom. I'm like, why would you cut to a ghost? But, yeah, he's, he doesn't... He never interacts. It's weird. He's a bedroom man. <laughs> yes. yeah. I guess maybe because it's not his son, if, if, if that's the case. If he's not a ghost, yeah. it's not his son, so he feels uncomfortable. Well, she... Mm. In the car, on the way back to the house, she does say, well, I didn't want to tell David we're at the restaurant because he... He says, why didn't you invite David? Oh, yeah, you're good So point. he is alive. Yeah, he's alive. Oh, Sorry, go. Rajiv. There you go. He Sorry, is alive because he says, why didn't you invite David? Yeah, yeah, you're very yeah, completely yeah, yeah. They obliterated my theory. And Damn it. she says, yeah, because right. he might feel a bit... Feel a bit weird. Yep. ...left out. That's right. I yeah, just yeah. didn't want to say. So that's all right. a special all right. restaurant together. There you go. Now, we haven't really talked at all Ultimate about... theory, they're all ghosts. <laughs> they're all ghosts. But it's a, it brings up a really good point. So there are these B characters who are, never interact when you think they should. So the sister, whose name... What, what Tara. Was, no, no, the sister of um, Barry. Jodie oh, Rimmer's um, character. Jodie Rimmer's character Rimmer's is named... Um, what is her character's name? Virginia. Virginia. Which I don't think she's Virginia. named, but I'm not sure. Virginia. So, so Virginia and Barry never interact. And there are, there are some moments where weird. they could have... Which is very weird. But the film is only one twenty-four, so I think there are scenes and, cut out. And Barry never went to see his sister with her baby, her new baby. No. Which, which I thought also, was really disappointing. Well, he's a screw-up. Yeah, he's a screw-up. But, screw I mean, really? What a... I would have thought Barry would be, be into the idea of a black baby, though. Be yeah! Because like, yeah. <laughs> he's into curries. He's into curries and his best friend's a Vietnamese baker. How so could he be a black baby? The black father babies. was English. I don't understand. <laughs> you know... <sighs> <laughs> I'm speechless. That is that is a sigh from being over in this part of the world and just reading the news for the last oh, few no. months. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Uh, yeah. I I also thought like why isn't Barry going to see his new niece? But then actually him not seeing his new niece completely makes sense for that character because he yes. is just totally self-absorbed. By the end of the film, he has been excised. Right. Yes. Like the mm. end of the film is him in a prison cell, but then we've got. Everyone else is two families all sitting down to have their you know cups of tea. Is is happy now? Is Seema making a point of that? That's his last point. He'll find redemption, or is she making a point of people like that just need to be cut out and forget about them forever? Which is a bit sad. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't deserve redemption. (laughs) Stuff him. He can stay and rot in that jail cell. If it was a film that sort of focused on his character as as a main character, then it might be a Mm. film about bringing someone out of addiction and such. But it's not that. No, it's but not. but but there's also but, the fact that no one in his life has the skills to properly deal with him. No, like he's he's a, he's like a rogue agent there. No Apart one is no one has sister. switched on enough. Well, his sister could have. Well, no, but I she's think. got enough to deal with. Yeah, she's got a baby a coming. Mom. Yeah, she's got. A, she has a black baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, in, you know, is, he, with a... is he addicted or is he just a screw up? Well, I don't know. There was one thing at the beginning of the movie where he was like, "I'm going off to GA class," which I don't know what that means. General alcoholics? I don't know. But it's never, it's never. Gambling, gamblers anonymous. Gamblers anonymous. Oh, okay, right. Gamblers anonymous. Yeah. There we go. GA, gamblers right, anonymous. Right. Okay, so we haven't really talked about. Um, we haven't talked about like uh, the essential. I guess the lead character Tara. We haven't really talked about her mm. very much at all. And um, mm. it's interesting because I, it's one of those things where I give it a pass because I think I feel like her performance wavers from quite good to a little bit not so good, mm. but. It's so, anytime she's got like the looking at the photo albums and stuff and the look in her eyes is so earnest. So I give mm. it a pass. Like I'm mm. like, it's, I've, I, it, gives me, it gives me the feels even though sometimes it takes me out. I'm like, well, that wasn't a, the best line reading. 
And it's, especially with, um, I also thought, especially because um, uh, Anita as well, I didn't think she was the best actress either. Like, uh, you know, I, th- I thought I thought the, the New Zealand actors were kind of, and the non-Indian actors were all kind of good. And then also, in addition to that, <laughs> I thought Michael, played by a guy called Nathan Whitaker, when we were first introduced to him, I'm like, I don't think he was an Indian guy at all. <laughs> <When he> was... <laughs> what, what ethnicity did you think he was? I thought, col- when he was first introduced, I thought he was a white guy. And then it was like, when he was with really? his mum in the car, I was like, oh, right, he's an he's like a half Indian guy. Uh, and I then when I looked him up online, white. he's like, he's, he's Maori. Like he's, he's, Is he he's, Maori? He's Maori and, um, what was the other thing? He's Maori and something else. Well, according to, according to one of his casting pages, he can play Maori and Eastern European or something. What was that? I can't, can't but is he Maori? Pretty sure. Interesting. Well, there you go. I, I, I didn't think he was white. Put it that way. He certainly wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's he, good. He wasn't part of uh, Barry and you know, I mean, family. I mean, that being said, that I think that first shot where oh. he was introduced, um, buying like the cakes and stuff, he seemed yeah. kind of the, the lighting was because that, that space was so stark. But then once, as soon as he was in the Indian restaurant, I was like, oh, this guy is not a white guy. Mm. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't immediately pick him up as Indian. Perhaps it's just my Indian dar off being off way. Are off way. we talking about him not being a completely believable character? I don't know. What is it? Um, so if he grows up in London and Paris and wherever, he's following his mum around and he's also going, he's being well-educated, blah, blah, blah. He would also be really cultured. He'd be really cultured, wouldn't he? Well, I don't know. I like so. the, 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 he, he's, he's trying very hard. Yeah, London is a I mean, melting pot. But he's trying yeah. to find his Indian roots. And what stood out to me In as, <laughs> Well, he's trying to find his family. <laughs> well, yeah. But what stood out to me is when he was like, I've never seen a Bollywood film. I'm like, what? Like what? his mum is like fully trying to make him white, like keep yeah, Indian culture okay. out of her life, because yeah. that just doesn't happen in an Indian household. Like I didn't even lo- I hated Bollywood films growing up, but they were everywhere. Yeah, mum and dad saw them and they were playing in. I'm not even houses. Indian. I'm not even Indian, and I've seen Bollywood. <laughs> so when films. he was like, I've never seen a Bollywood film. I'm like, that doesn't ring true to me no. at all. <laughs> no. that's Wouldn't weird. it though if his mum was... has met a white guy, moved back to London with him? I don't know. I mean, obviously like, shunned by her family, and as we've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. by her interior decoration, she has not wanted anything to do with and being Indian. Her Indianness. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's the only thing where I was like, okay, she's really like really shunned it. But like London is full of Indian people. <laughs> but this is what the, where the irony is. Then she's doing a, a, a cooking show in New Zealand, hosting a cooking show that's all you know pseudo erotic erotic sorry i've got i've got erotic on the well it is erotic it's erotic exotic erotic exoticized eroticized (laughs) indian pseudo indian food that you know that so and she's rebelling against even that because yeah. it's not—it's a bastardization of real Indian food. But what's What's really funny about it is that she, you know, she's one like Andrew. Andrew explained, you know, she's sort of shunning the Indian side of her because she's been abandoned by her family. Mm. But there's also like you know, in those sort of weirdly fraught scenes where she's been directed to be something she doesn't want to be. In those Indian scenes, it's like it's too far over the other way. Yeah. And maybe she'd be comfortable if it was like more authentically Indian. She's yeah. complaining about it being like fake Indian. Yeah. And she's like, you know, the more they push me into this pigeonhole, the more I'm going to be that. Where she wants to clearly cook Indian food because that's what she's cooking, but in an authentic way. I've been watching Chef's Table a lot recently, so mm. there's like a there's a fine line between like this parody is- of your culture and being authentic to your culture, while but also being authentic to your culture and high high art, but then not losing it within yeah. the the realms so of that tension, high art. A yeah, tension yeah. between. Yeah. But I. But I wonder what the Andrew is saying. I, maybe I misread it. Maybe she is like rejecting the Indianness completely. But she's cooking Indian food. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I think mm. I think she's doing that because that's how she sees she can get a cooking show. I don't think she wants to be cooking Indian food. Indian food. She TV. wants to be cooking really mm. uh, um, high end. Um, yeah. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, she yeah. like she wants to. She mm. complains about the Mexican margarita. And then at one That's point, right. it's the only so time awful. when she's cooking at home, she's made a crumble. That's right, an apple crumble. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So far as I know, not uh, traditionally Indian. But <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know. I remember my mum ever making a traditional Indian couple. Yeah, It'd probably have curry point. in it or cumin seeds or something if they did. It kind of makes me think Ooh, of kidgeri. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm getting hungry now. Um, yeah. Kidgeri. Um, so... As we call it, kidgeri. 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 That's a British Indian thing. Kedgeri? Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they took it over. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember first seeing kedgeri on, on menus going, what is this? And what is it? Like, yeah. It's like yellowy rice. I'm like, that's like a kedgeri, which has not have fish in it. That's like a British thing. We'll yeah. put herrings into this. I'm like, why have you put fish into our kedgeri? Yeah. So the, here's an example of food and culture not it's not stagnant it's evolving yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. going to be taken over by and bastardized in some form or another it's like um pizza being bastardized by by um, well american pizza is just something different it like is, my wife complains about it she's like oh, that's not pizza well it's not pizza it's a different thing well it's i mean there is american there, pizza. there is yeah, like yeah. some authentically american pizza like true i love american New york pizza. pizza yeah true but, and then yeah, I but, also read a, a really interesting article recently about the history of lasagna in Ethiopia and Eritrea. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you think about noodles and pasta and Marco Polo yeah. and China. That's right. There this we go. Like China <laughs> noodles. Crazy. It's always been a globalized world. We're talking about we're talking about this. You know what the weirdest thing about like my Indian culture? The first time I went to um, LA with my family. And we went to an, in, we, we kind of, I think we kind of extensively ate at, um, not San Francisco. We pretty much only ate Mexican food because Mexican food is great. My fa- I think my family liked, my San Francisco family liked Mexican food. I think it was like three different Mexican restaurants. But what was fascinating is that Mexican fresh salsa is, is the same as Indian fresh tomato chutney. It's onions, tomatoes, and coriander and lemon. Wow. It's the exact okay. same thing. It's so weird. I remember sitting in an Indian restaurant and being given that. And I'm like, this mm. is what mum makes when we have dinner. Like, and I was like mm. really confused by that. Mm, so and chilies. There you go. And chili. Yeah, true. Chilies. Tomatoes, onions, chilies, coriander, lemon. Yes. Same thing. The exact yeah, same thing. So I Mexican, like, really Indian. Weird. There you go. There you go. So okay, <laughs> but we digress. We digress. We digress. So back to um, I. Does anybody want to talk about the script? Because um, the listener has uh, is is uh, they had a review that was a a little bit quite critical. To put it softly, I feel like at, the t- at times there are things in the script that I'd be like, "That's too on the nose." But mm. that being said, sometimes you have to. I feel Suchi Kotari and um, Diane Taylor were the screenwriters, yeah. and um, I actually think I think that the um, the listeners' review was a, a bit a, quite critical. I, I disagree that it wasn't. Yeah, sometimes you uh, there were moments that were on the nose, but. But then there were also some really beautiful moments that were just... Um, and, you know, na- our national treasure, Dame Kate <laughs> Harcourt, Harcourt, after so the... Great. Oh, she was beautiful. After the big smashing of all that lovely crockery, oh, um, you so know, sad. between Barry so and... sorry for Nan. Oh, poor Nan. I just want to give her a cuddle as well. Yeah. I was like, Nan, oh, no, poor Nan. She's being traumatised. And as far as I can tell, she's not racist. Like, we're, we're like, you know, these none of these people are overtly racist, but she's all like, they come in here with their garlic smells, blah, 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 blah. And then Nan's all like, well, they know how to make money. Yeah. <laughs> so 
she was she was the one that with the best sense of humor <laughs> yeah. in the whole. Yeah, that was great. But yeah, I mean, like I say on the nose, like when stories like this in New Zealand, especially even around the world, like stories of like ethnic minorities, Indians, Asians in mm. Western culture. You know they don't really exist. So when they when they start making these films, it's great. So sometimes you're like, oh, it's a bit on the nose. Like the racism is on the nose. But I'm like, well, maybe you need it. Maybe you need to bludgeon people with it a little bit. Mm. Mm. You know, maybe. And then later on, once there's a, once there's a few more of these, we can get into even more more subtleties. <laughs> but in, in in the first place, we need to make the overt statement that you know, yeah, this this film is about some culturally embedded. Um, yeah, culturally embedded stuff, um, some some internalised racism, I guess, and confronting that and overcoming it. Um, so yeah, so was it, it made it satisfying. Was in, um, in the first See. scene with um, the the wedding baker, sorry, I completely forgot the actress. Lorna. Uh, 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 Jennifer Ludlam. Jennifer Ludlam. Yes, Jennifer. Um, yes. Her, like her first scene, she's complaining about the changing face of the neighbourhood. Yeah. Yes, yeah. of Otahu. All, yeah, it's all um, Indians and Asians and and this is Islanders and everything, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I hear that from other white people. I know it's still around. <laughs> and it's interesting as anything minority because I've never had that viewpoint of the world ever. So it's hard. It's really hard for me to understand. But I thought that I thought that Seema did a really good job of making me, you know, sympathise with Jennifer. Um, 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 uh, Lorna in the film like I'm like oh fucking racist she's like doesn't like the changing face of it because I you know I'm like I'm brown so you know everywhere I go in New Zealand is, is pretty primarily white you know sometimes you go to neighbourhoods that aren't you know my, my neighbourhoods had a, a fair amount of Maori people but people complain about Asians in the streets of Auckland I go to I go to I go to Auckland and I'm like the majority of people here are white people <laughs> um, but but that sort of I really felt like Lorna was sitting there in the in the, in the hospital and I was like oh, yeah you know, all of her life she's had this quite narrow viewpoint that needs to change. Mm. But that's not her fault. That's what mm. she was raised with. And she's, you know, she finds it threatening. Like, she's like, oh, these things are cropping around and they want to buy my business and I don't know how to do it. And I don't and like these my smells. Face. Yeah, they're in my face with the garlic and everything. And, and she, you know, she tries. Like, she's yeah. like, you got to teach me how to make curry because Barry doesn't like my food. And I, that made me feel really sad. I felt, oh, I felt sorry for her. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. yeah. When she bought that plate <laughs> yeah, into the that, restaurant that. for him, into the Tara's restaurant and yeah. he shoved it away and said, I don't want to eat that shit. Stodgy, Even Tara. Shit. Uh, yeah, Auntie Tara was like, that. don't speak to your mother like that. And mum, you know, mum in your cult, Indian culture. Oh, don't disrespect <laughs> Mum like that. Yeah. yeah, Barry, you bad boy, Barry. I actually, I agree with Rajiv. I think also what I loved about Seema's film was that it was shot in Otahu, that she didn't, she was fearless with dealing with these really um, gritty real life issues. She was totally fearless and I loved that. And yes, some of the script was on the nose, but hell, it was, it, on the whole, that we're intertwining two families and these the, this drama and um, we're not shying away from something that is actually right now current. I mean, Mount Roskill, I, I, you know, I think about, um, um, you know, racial profiling that happens in, in places like Mount Roskill with a, um, our ethnic communities and ethnic youth. And then the Mount Roskill um, people, you know, in Otahu as well, people that have been like Lorna, the character Lorna, living there, white people, all their lives, and this changing face... The, visit, the, the visibility, uh, increased visibility and changing demographics is really threatening. It's really to scary yeah. to some people. Which is something I, you know, I, like I said, like I get it within this film, the way that I feel like it was one of the first times I sort of got it with like the way that 
Seema has and the scriptwriters have portrayed it. Because mm. it's really it's a really difficult viewpoint to understand as an ethnic minority. Like I don't yes. find I don't find the encroachment of other types of people threatening in any way, shape or form. I'm mm. like people are just people trying to live. <laughs> I really liked because I'm do, I'm 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 doing currently some voices stories that cover this, these sort of issues. But I I really liked what somebody said to me. Um, I think it was Dr. Camille Marquis actually. Um, that there's nothing. Is. Yeah, she oh, she's um, um she's a fantastic. Um, uh, she just got a QSM for um uh, sorry New Zealand Order of Merit for her contribution to um community ethnic communities in in Auckland. But um, she said something about there's nothing unconscious about about unconscious bias. And if you round up a bunch of Pākehā people and you heavily police them, you will create an environment of hyper-criminality. So there's something to think about. So if we're talking about... um, Yeah, just as an aside, but because Seema's sort of tackling these issues in this film. She's Mm -hmm. tackling a lot of these issues in in terms of that... um, the, the, the interface between the Pākehā family and the Indian family. She's tackling... And the yeah, Vietnamese yeah, yeah. The characters, characters, too. Yeah, yeah. She's so, it's interesting that she has it. Like, for instance, we have a few internationalists. Like the, 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 the suburbs you talked about where it used to be predominantly white suburbs yeah. and they've become less, less and less so yes. as, as time has gone forward. Changing it, demographics. Yeah. What's interesting is that Seema being Samoan herself, and I was reading about how she actually was born and grew up in a village. I didn't realise that. I assume she's she was born and raised here, but like how her earlier film Otamaiti and some of her documentaries have focused on issues of Samoan heritage. Yes, uh, and she made a short about um what was that what was that one called growing up in an old age called uh, still life, which was focused on the Pakeha people. But her first feature, which is this, um has no Samoan no Samoan characters no. anywhere. They are background. Yeah, for yeah. They are totally background. They are in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. Otahu, all the opening shots, you know, and walking through, Michael walking through the streets, mm. there's heaps of Samoans everywhere. Yeah, and it's, it's, Pacific it, Islanders. You and know? it's great it's, because you shouldn't yeah, have to make a story about your people yeah. in order to be a filmmaker. Which is the other thing I take my hat off to Seema for. <laughs> yeah. So I absolutely want to just praise Seema for, <laughs> number one, not tackling really difficult issues, you know, take, taking on the, the gritty real life issues but also uh, dealing with two cultures that are not of her own background I mean, and, and doing it pretty I good guess. like as far yeah. as the Indian family goes like I, I want to get too personal but I, I see parallels in that to my family that seem real Yes. even though like I'm, I'm Fijian Indian yes. but you know my, my brother went off to England and you know he's not he's not been banished or anything but there was like a difference like there's a real sort of disconnect between what I am and my family and you know because I'm you know, we're, I don't, I don't, we're not, we're not, it's not really like the film, but what what it feels like is like, I'm still here in New Zealand, so mm-hmm. I get all the shit. I'm like, but I wish, Am, wish my bro was here so he could take, <laughs> he he take, could take some of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, I, I get it too as a Eurasian, you know, my mum was, my mum's Chinese, my dad's Pakia. So when my parents married, um, you know, both, both sets of, both my parents got a lot of flack because that's an interracial marriage, you know, right, right, right. Um, back in the day. Back um, in the day. Uh, back in the day. These days it's, it's like, not a root, no, no. Because the term interracial marriage isn't actually a thing. It's just know, a marriage. It's just a marriage. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's like, you know. Um, but I was going to say, I just wanted to point out, out 
Shuti Gotari is the screenwriter that brings in uh, very much the Indian aspects, and and so there was a lot of authenticity there. Yeah, um, we should probably not forget Diane Taylor. I and really, Diane Taylor, who would the bring in together, the so. authenticity of the park. Yeah, I don't I'm know. But she's park, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, we're know. assuming too. But regardless, <laughs> both of these screenwriters worked really well together mm. uh, in terms of um, intertwining the and making the making it feel authentic enough, you know. Mm. Um, so back to that criticism about being on the nose or being a bit clumsily signposted, you know. Mm. Um, or uh, I think that's Is that just, Was that the listener's main point? Yeah, filling mm. the actors' mouths with kind of clumsy signposting, clogging the film with unnecessary information, well, m- makes the characters seem like afterthoughts in their own story. I feel like that happened a few times with mm. other, like not necessarily on the nose thing, but like character dialogue where I'm like, well, that could have just been taken care of with a simple yes or a no or mm. something like that. But, yeah. you know, they're, my, they're minor criticisms, I feel like. Andrew, yeah. as a Pakeha person, what's your take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just, We're going to hear from the white boys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Pakeha that is on the other side of the world to his family so you're you're the minority in this <laughs> session actually yeah, yeah. so we I need to hear from the minority it. we need to hear from the minority yeah. perspective <laughs> yeah he is i think <laughs> yeah yeah unless we count my half yeah. that makes you one and a half, <laughs> one and a half. of the I'm equation half. yeah maybe you're yeah, actually we're exactly if we're we, exactly if we, half if you want to count exactly that that's, a, that's a very diverse of us sorry i think Sorry, just to, I think it was quite well done in terms of these two stories being very separate, but also intermingling and also reflecting and uh, mirroring each other in some cases. Like, I don't think that was too heavy handed at all. Mm. So I sort of don't get that that criticism from the listener. I know that's sort Mm. of a separate thing, but I didn't, Mm. I didn't ever feel that anyone was getting up there and just monologuing (laughs) their point. You know, and I, I, I think they did a really good job of... So, like I said earlier, these two families each have something in the past that has ruptured them in somehow. And then there's characters in both families that have been to London and come back and been single mothers. And, mm. yeah. And there's another single mother on her way, too. That's you know? right. It's a cycle. Yeah. Intergener- <laughs> intergenerational yeah, exactly. single mothers. So and the men and the men disappearing out of their lives or being completely yeah it useless. seems it or seems to me or at the, by the end of the film that all that's needed for happiness is to excise the male <laughs> influence oh right oh. yeah good point you know, oh. a stereotypical oh. fucking hard male get him out of there oh. oh dear I can't fault them you know get, get him out of there yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yep. that's the subconscious reading of the film, right? Oh, so the only, the only, the only man who was was is, is Michael, who ends up, you know, being there, yes. and um, yeah, and he's gay and he's half Indian. Gay and half Indian, possibly played by Marty. Um, <laughs> possibly played by Marty. Um, actually, going, I've, one thing I forgot to mention, going back to the term authenticity, I think has sort mm. of gone back and forth. There was one thing that really sort of made me almost cry, which was, uh, this is personal, so you guys might not get this, but like when, when Tara enters the room, like her, her mum and dad's room, mm-hmm. to get the whiskey once this, the reconciliation is about to happen, she turns the light on and does a prayer, which is what my grandma used to do before she passed away. She'd always, you know, it's a, it's a very typical Indian thing, you know, you turn on the light, like you give thanks for the light. Uh, so that was like, oh yeah, that's really she really got that, which is great. <laughs> um, mm. And uh, we, we still haven't talked much about Tara, um, played by who's the actress's name? Uh, Leela Patel. Leela Patel. 
Seema really got it in her eyes, a certain level of earnestness and, and, and deep sort of wells of her soul, I guess, you know, from the shots of her eyes. Sometimes I felt like the line readings weren't that great. But but I wanted to mention to Andrew, because you might be interested in this, that she, I don't know what she played, but she was in the movie Vertical Limit from season two. Oh, wow. So. <sighs> great film. <laughs> great film. Great film. She would have played a Pakistani person in the background, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. probably. Um, <laughs> I wonder if some of those, like, line readings may have been ADR. Well, ADR usually is used to fix a line reading that's not that great. So. No, but sometimes, mm. sometimes with ADR, it's a little bit can be a little bit awkward. Maybe I think we don't know for sure. I, I mean, it's it's it's. A, but, I feel like it's an unfair criticism. I feel like these people aren't. You know, they haven't had a chance to act in lots of things, mm. so they haven't had a chance to develop their mm. skills. So, it's a, so I think I think me pointing it out is a bit unfair. Uh, and acronyms again, ADR it stands for additional dialogue recording. So post. post, so in post, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting. I board. think there was one. There was only the one re- line reading that really stood out to me, and that was after the Bollywood film, where mm. there's the two characters, and like Michael says, you know, oh, he was hot, and the girl he's talking was like, eh, he's all right, okay, bye, and it was. <laughs> it's just sort of a. It's a well, weird no, was line the, for one. Wasn't, but, it, wasn't it the other way around? Wasn't he like, oh, he's all right? Yeah. No, no, no. He said, oh, okay, he's, sorry, he was hot. Okay, right, said, right. Here's okay. Here's okay. okay, bye. Which is weird because she was the one at the at the temple that was like, "We're going to see a new Hitler Roshan film." So I was like, "Isn't she like the big Hitler Roshan fan?" If, if you yeah, know, international listeners know that Hitler Roshan is a, a massive Bollywood star. Anyway, sorry, that was an aside. Oh yes, if you're a Bollywood <laughs> big Bollywood person, that's right. Which is a really good point. But anyway, um, in terms um, of but sorry, just to go back to Tara, I think she's actually a, a pretty interesting character in that after her sister came home pregnant and everything blew up at home she was sort of stuck i think you know she's stuck being unmarried stuck being in new zealand a spinster the horrible thing that a horrible little, term spinster. Horrible term. <laughs> yeah the bloody misogynist term spinster yes yeah. and then going back to these two families reflecting each other scott mm. wills's character is almost stuck, he's, he's stuck in yeah. immaturity he's an he's the male spinster he is. What's a yeah. what's a word for a male spinster? Ba- oh, I'm a bachelor, but no, bachelor. but that, that always sounds There's no negative kind of fancy. Term. No. no negative term for no. Spinster's so negative. No, no. Yeah, men no men, men being males? on their own are like correct. I want the misandrist the... version of bachelor, yeah. thank you. <laughs> misandrist isn't a thing. <laughs> a <monster>. Misandrist <laughs> doesn't exist. Not what are you talking about? It's like that ghost character. Linder on about good grace. So, so this film was originally a television movie. Oh, which is why when you when you watch that many credits, it's got New Zealand on air and TVNZ mm. um, backing. Mm. But I, in my mind, I'm like, who is giving Seema Arali a television movie? Her films need to be seen on a big screen. Yeah, and it's clear do. for the movie, right? Like, you watch, so at some point, someone's like, wait a minute, this needs to be in a movie theater. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's it's and it's great. It really is. It's it's you know even if even if like like the listener seems to not like the film, um, visually, Rewa Hare has done a stunning job. I mean, oh, from beginning to yes. end. And also, you know, uh, we probably noticed it being film and TV people like. You know the the stark contrast. It can almost be comical, or like the sumptuous lighting and the colours of the faux Indian thing. And then, uh, you know, her apartment is just stark white. Like yes. the walls are white and the lighting is blue. And it yeah. seems at the top, but it's it's really great. You know, you need that stuff. It's 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 real short, it's shorthand visual stuff, but it's great. You know, I, I really really loved it. I thought I thought it was really pretty. I think Rewood does. I feel like he hasn't done enough film stuff. He's done like a lot of TV stuff. 
He's really wanted to get more film stuff. Underutilised hmm. talent, DOP talent, hasn't he? He really is. Yeah. I mean, he did um, a movie we discussed in season three called Spooked, which isn't the best film, but I do think also looked pretty. So, yeah, he does a lot of, a lot of TV. I, wanna, I mean, we, we, have a, we only have a tiny film industry, which is sad, but, you know, I really feel like he should be doing more big, big films. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I'm, I second you there, absolutely. <laughs> what do you reckon, Andy? <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel that about a lot of the on and off screen talent involved in this actually mm. I think you know, I'd like it. to see more of everyone mm. yeah I mean, yeah. Seema, Seema's really great right like yeah. I like pretty much everything she's done and she's taken up positions doing a lot of TJ work which is what happens often when you try to get a regular paycheck I'm glad she does because you know she's she'd be a great mentor like someone great yeah. so what is she what's coming up for Seema? Don't know, I don't know, now? sorry. I was looking, trying to find ah, out. I'd love to know because she, I really love Seema's work, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what any, any little whatever. I really, I love this movie. I, I think there were some beautiful things in it. There were some true, really lovely, true moments and I can, you know, I see why Scott Wills and um, Jennifer Ludlam took out Best Actors, mm-hmm. Actor, Actress. And why Rewam Harai got um, best cinematography. I mean, mm. it's just and production design as well. Johnny Hawkins. Um, so yeah, I can see all of that. And I just you know an acknowledgement again to Suchi Kotari and Diane Taylor for working uh, a great a great storyline. You know, a great. Um, and yes, it was open ended. And yes, there was there was no redemption for Barry. But hey, that's also life. I mean, the older I get, and the less like annoying film student I become, the less like. You know, if this was maybe ten years ago, I'd be like, "Well, I don't. The ending's no good, and that ruins the film for me." You know, whereas right now I'm like, you know, because I'm in, sort of in love with three act structure, I'm not in love with it, but but I'm, I'm so versed in it that I'm like, "Oh, sweet!" When I'm watching the film, I'm like, "That's the end of the second act, sweet." You know, and I'm like, and now the next bit's gonna happen, and then the film stops. I'm kind of like, "Oh, it's sort of, it, it's jarring to me." But that being said, the older I get, the more I'm about feelings, and the movie made me feel a lot of feelings, so I'm like. Hooray, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thumbs up, exactly. And also, um, because that was exactly what my partner Rob and I talked about last night, he said, yeah, that is, that's real life. I'm like watching real life, which also makes me think, yep. Who, who of us have not been there in moments in our life where we've had squabbles with our siblings or family stuff, you know, where we've yelled at each other or whatever. Mm. Okay. So I'm putting my hand up and being honest here. So, you know, and it is, it's, it's, it's real life. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes there is no happy ending. Mm. Andrew. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, nah. like, I have <laughs> absolutely no problems with the way the film ended, to be right. honest. Good. That's good. Mm. You're much, you know, you're much more open. It was a little bit like, Oh, that's it. Yeah, oh. slightly truncated. Okay. Well, okay, yeah. Huh. He's going to stay in the prison cell. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I don't like the... the If we're talking sort of a three-act structure I think, like, in terms of lowest points, for the majority of the characters that did come... Before, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, sort of the midway or two-thirds sort mm. of point before... And then there was the... Well, I think it was, like, but we had what we thought was Barry's lowest point and then his mum's going to save him again. And then we have the actual lowest point for the for the mum and, and that relationship when he comes home drunk and after beating himself up because he's... <laughs> Just inept. Yeah, yeah pretty, so pretty inept. much. And he can't even have a decent pub fight, she, yeah. Yeah, and she has to throw the curry that she made him for dinner at him. And... Oh, terrible. 
because he's a selfish, unappreciating prick and kicks him out. So that's, I think, a pretty low point for her. And it, I don't know. It's quite close to the end of the film, though, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is, it is, it is, those low points do come quite close to the end of the film, but they're not, like, they're out, it's not that everything is tied up with a neat little bow. No. But there is some reconciliation between her and her daughter. You know, mm. her daughter makes her, uh, comes over, cleans up, and yeah. makes Which her is awesome. tea that she likes. Mm. Yes. Um, the two sisters have a night of talking and reconciliation, and then they have chai in the morning, so. Mm-hmm. They have tea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is morning. so... India, like, it's like when Indian say, I'm going to make chai, and chai, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then like, I, there's a cut to a close-up of a cinnamon stick, and me and my wife are like, oh, she's making it from scratch. <laughs> like, it's it's not coming out of a pre-mixed chai. Um, it, and that'll be Suchi Katari's <laughs> yeah. influence there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. everything is absolutely needs to be genuine, <laughs> yeah. which I loved as well because there, there's attention to detail in the proper cooking. Mm. I was watching that from. Um, mm. All the experiences I've had with um, my Indian colleagues um, at Asia Down Under and all sorts of other things, you know, that this was, and also because I know Suchi Kotari mm. and um, and I know when she was. Do you think it'll be written to the script and grabs, grabs um, coriander out of the fridge? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, no, it's genuine, real, <laughs> yeah. real cooking, real food there, which is uh, beautiful. Are the talking so, just very quickly oh, on that, yes. what did you guys think to, so when Anita comes over to talk to her sister about, you know, not shunning her son because he's gay, because mm. that's just who he is. And then, so she's trying to cook with her sister, but she cannot make. Um, samosa. She cannot make the food. Yeah, she cannot. Yeah, she cannot make the samosa. Do you think that's it's a good short just because she's she's emotional been... and such, or she's so out of? I think it's. With... I think. I think it's both things. Yeah. I think it's the, the right. shorthand is like she's out of touch with the authenticity of, of Indian cooking, so mm. she can't make yeah. samosas. And I get the feeling like samosas, because it essentially is like street food, would not be made on her cooking show. I no. have a strong suspicion. In Paris. Um, in Paris and London, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been too busy and also, making... you know, she's quite emotional. She's like, she's mm. having a, a, heart, a true heart to heart. The the thing the only thing that struck me as inauthentic because my partner used to work in kitchens is and, and it struck to me too I'm like her entire restaurant and staff consists of her and then her she has no wait staff, she has no one helping her in the kitchen, and then her um her nephew comes out about so then she's got a staff of two. Like that is not a very busy restaurant and no. it's completely incorrect. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. True. You couldn't put too That's many, you a really good too, point. Too many people yeah, into no, restaurant. I've worked in restaurants too. I, it was a bit lean on the staffing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Per restaurant. It, I mean, was it a fully didn't they only have like one or two tables? No, they're like they're like they're that wide shot and there's like there were like three other people there and there was like a bunch of yeah. tables across the one side. Oh, and I she's guess got that, was that con- big party that they had there. Yeah. That's right. And they have a which is really cool that party. And they had a container uh, they have like all these containers of sweets on the side, which mm. is also quite specialized and takes a lot of work. You've got to be making sweets at the same time oh as you're God. cooking curries. Like no, it seems it's really hard work. <laughs> but you know, she didn't want to crowd the seat with too many people, so I, I get it. It's fine. It's just, you know, when, when you're watching with like someone that's worked in a the kitchen, they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And she was also like, how come we didn't wash that coriander before we started cooking it? Like, it just grabbed it out of the fridge and started cutting it to bits. <laughs> it's just sort of little, little niggly things that are completely inconsequential to their actual feelings of the storytelling. So sorry yeah. for bringing them up. Damn right. Yeah. Sorry, Rajiv. Go I on. Am. Totally sorry. I feel like I feel like we're wrapping up. We, is any, I, I think we've talked about it. Yeah. I feel like it's another thing where I'm like, I have issues, but five stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Andy, what do you rate it? It's weird, because like it, it did take me a long time. Yeah, because I just did not click with these characters mm. at all. Because I was just kind of pissed off with them for <laughs> different reasons. 
It's like, ah, oh, you're being casually racist. You're a useless screw up. You're lying to people. Ah. Um, but it did, I think, about the halfway, two thirds sort of point, it did click for me. But there was a, like I said, there was that moment where I sort of got it, I think. Three and a half stars. Ooh, we should be rating this. Ooh, we're rating them. A rating, and we're going to ask you to rate mm-hmm. it. All right, what did I give it? I'd probably say about. I'm in the middle between you two. About four, four and a half. Four. I mean, there's something. If you go back and listen mm. to the archives, you'll realize that I just give everything five stars. Oh, do you? Well, I work in film and TV, so I don't go. want to piss anyone off. So. Right, four and a half. Four and a half from me. No, I loved. So you can't I can't trust your it. rating, Rajiv. Oh. You can't trust the ratings. <laughs> I'm an, un, no, I'm an un, untradeable, untrustable. Now the truth route. is out. Who's listened to this podcast for for reviews and ratings? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no one's exactly. Um, and no, yeah, how do you rate something like this? You know. Yeah, it's one that um, I, I enjoyed it and uh, what it was saying and how it was sort of saying it was beautifully and really well made. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's one old necessarily. Uh, rewatch, yeah, very I, soon. I hadn't rewatched it since I saw it at the the Wellington premiere at the Wellington National Film Festival. Mm. This is the first time I've seen it since then, and I did have a copy that I sent off to Andy in Guernsey so he could watch it. Um, but I would, I, I would go yes, buy it. I think I would keep it as a um as an, an and a rewatch maybe once every one, once in a while because what what is interesting. Mm. We talked about in episodes. I think the street, the water, um, is representation. So yes. my wife pointed out, and I was like sitting there going, you know, I never, I've never seen it, Indians in New, a New Zealand cinema speaking Hindi. You know, I was sort of like watching going, mm. and it's not the same language. I speak a different language in Fiji, but it's still, I can still understand most of it. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. You know, like this is really great to see people that look like me up on a on a screen speaking and Hindi. speaking the language that you Correct. never you never hear on New Zealand television or on you know, on film screens. That's so, right. And we so, credit that to, you know, Seema and also Suchi and, yeah. and Diane because they uh, consciously... Hopefully it was conscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, yeah, definitely yeah. conscious. Consciously, uh, I I know these women, they yeah, would yeah. have done that. They would have done that. And and, and, and and I feel like, you know, maybe that's part of my that's bias right. for enjoying the film so much. You know, like mm. part of it was like, well, I don't care. There's people that look like me on screen. You know, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's right. And we, I mean, you know, fair and, enough. And, and, yeah. and you can... Film with white guy I'm like yeah <laughs> people that look like you that's Andy me. that's, that's me, me on screen but also I can be die hard Rambo it also yeah. means that you, you can be you heart Rambo <laughs> Rambo oh. I mean like you know I, I quite enjoy this film but, but other people may not have but I feel like you know we need to have more of them and more then, representation. And then they can yeah, get absolutely. better and maybe more for your liking. Maybe yeah. this one wasn't, but if we have more, then maybe the next one will. Yeah, yeah. But if we, we only have mean, one every five years or one every ten years, it'll never enough. be to your liking. Exactly. You know? Which is why I want to say, too, thumbs up, thumb, absolute thumbs up, and I love, I do love this film because of that, too, Rajiv. So I, I, I support you there. I echo you there. I offer you there, mate. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Um, otahu represents um this is it's so lovely to see um a whole beautiful mixture of of faces that you don't get to see and 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 i really feel like we should i'm trying i keep trying to wrap this up but i feel like if you do like look at cinema new zealand cinema as a whole as a perhaps a foreigner or even as a new zealander you can look at it and go oh new zealand stories are about white people in any scenario whether it be criminals or Higher to do. I mean, film and t- TV as well. Like, there's a lot of mm. TV shows about the sort of upper middle class, white white New Zealanders, or Maori people, 
in the rural areas and being poor, you know, like, mm. it, it, you know, and, and slowly that's, it's changing, but like for a long time it was just there and like, oh, were there films about Chinese folk? Are there films mm. about Indian folk in New Zealand too? Uh, but you they're know. few and far between and there's not enough of them. Which, you know, to be fair, we can't, we can't be the majority. We're not the majority mm. of people here, but I feel like it's still not enough. Like it's slowly happening, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, My so, Wedding and Other Secrets and um, Roseanne Liang, you know, all of yeah, first, all the other women episode. filmmakers. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah, and and the and the the, the female voice, you know, yeah, sorely lacking in, yeah. in, 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 in everywhere around the world because that's just the nature of cinema in the world. I know, and I'm thinking about all of our New Zealand women filmmakers. These wonderful wahine. I'm thinking about Briar Grace Smith. I'm thinking about you know, awesome, awesome. More. We need. We. I want more. Roseanne Liang. I want more, more. of this. <laughs> representation of the of the our gorgeous women um and this is too this is also Seema thumbs up to you hun because this is women's voices as well well I feel threatened by that as a man Andrew <laughs> Andrew do you feel <laughs> go hard Seema go hard bring it on bring us some more please. what about Andrew are you what how do you feel about all these ethnic 100%, 100%. voices I'm a, I'm a straight these. white man on the other side of the world <laughs> it's, it's totally threatening to me. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> there don't, you don't go. Understand. No, yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think one of the best things about this film is that it, like, it does just it, it, it is a world. There's a full world there, mm, mm-hmm. and it is it is to bring it to a, a nerdy comic perspective. It's oh. like at Marvel Comics. It's the world outside your window. Oh. It is. It's current. It's always, it's always their thing, and that's. I think that is what we need because upper middle class white people is not the world outside our window. That's bullshit. But we have words mm. to TVNZ about the, the shows mm. they keep putting. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I've only been in New Zealand for the last uh, five or so years, but I hope whenever it is I do come back, I'm not going to come home to a bunch of TV shows like that because mm. I'm just not interested. Yeah. Good. Totally. Me yeah. too. Me well, that too. That sounds like we've come down in a, in, a, in a fair point and we've wrapped up the movie. We've, we're yeah. down on the side of it and what it, what it represents, which is great. It's awesome. And also it's current. It is totally current. It's, it's held, it was 2008, 2009. It's, t- it's still happening today. It yeah. is today. I mean, there are no markers in the film that date it. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. I think we've been talking for an hour now, over an hour. We should probably start wrapping up. Where can we find you on the internet? Do you have things to plug? Yeah, Radio New Zealand. I'm the producer of Voices, so you just go. And also Flying Solo, my um, uh, podcast documentary, which was a finalist this year in the New Zealand Radio Awards for Best Documentary um, about solo parenting in New Zealand. And um, so you can go on to rnz.co.nz or radionewzealand.co.nz, go onto the website, look under podcast and series, look under voices, mm-hmm. which is a weekly program, but it's online all the time. So you can check out those podcasts. And uh, most recently, one of my programs, uh, Slavery Through Education, uh, was Helen Clark got so furious when she listened to it, she tweeted. So good. So (laughs) Um, not furious at you, furious about the content, which is a a furiously... It made me angry too. I saw about like uh, you know, education and the various bad immigration policies around that with people Mm. in India. Uh, and an IELTS bride, basically women who are being brought um, right. to become a pathway to immigration for um, useless, men. useless men who are <laughs> drug addicted, funny that, and have real addictions and uh, to totally become totally dependent on them and, and beat them up and so I, on. And I can yeah. totally vouch for that. It's a great, I mean, without, you know, the caliber of our guests is great. That's a great show. So thank you for making that happen. Mm. Uh, Andrew? My pleasure. Where can they find you? Uh, I guess at Andy James underscore Inc. 
with a K. And that's on the Twitter and on the uh, letterbox. You can find me on the Twitter and letterbox yeah. at Rajiv Film, R A J E E V F I L M. You can find the podcast at, at NTZOF. And you can find the podcast in anywhere you listen to good podcasts, iTunes and whatnot, wherever you're listening to this right now. Please, if you can, we really appreciate ratings and reviews. That'd be really cool if you could do that. Uh, yeah, if you don't have time for a full review, just, just give a us star five rating. stars. That's great. Appreciate five, it. Five give stars. it a Rajiv rating. Give five stars. That's what we say. <laughs> a Rajiv rating. Oh, they can give it four or three. That'd be all right. Um, no, five. And you can, find, you, <laughs> you can find the podcast at n2zoffilm.wordpress.com. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Uh, Hooray. Wonder Wahine. Going strong. See you soon. Yeah.